Welcome to the Supper Podcast, a series of conversations with culinary leaders, drink specialists, and hospitality professionals in the world of FMB. Hello, and welcome to the 15th Supper Podcast. I am Hilary Rand, Consulting Editor of Supper Magazine. Today, I am delighted to welcome Sally Abe, cookbook author and consultant chef at Conrad London St. James, to my podcast. As one of the capital's most celebrated and young awarded chefs, the PEM is where Chef Sally Abe's impact on the London restaurant scene reaches new heights. She has been identified as Chef to Watch in the National Restaurant Awards 2019 and nominated for the GQ Chef of the Year 2021. Recently, Sally was included in Code's 100 Most Influential Women in Hospitality 2022. Welcome to the podcast, Sally, and happy International Women's Day. Hi, thank you. Yeah, happy International Women's Day. What a what a great week. There's lots going on during this week, uh, you know, to champion uh, women in the industry, which I think is incredible. And I'm really glad that we get to launch this podcast um, on this very special day as well. And and let's go first back to, you know, the starting of, of your career in this industry, because as I understand, this this wasn't a very sort of straightforward trajectory for you going from uh, from sort of an, more of an office job into hospitality. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, that's uh, exactly what happened. I think um, it wasn't a case of me sort of cooking with my mum growing up or anything along those lines. It was basically I'd moved out of home when I was 18 uh, and I was just working in an office job in a a hospital, actually. And um, I got really into cooking at home and just sort of thought maybe I can pursue a career in this. I've always been quite a creative person, but I didn't really know what my path was at that time you know I was only 18 so um, yeah so then I basically enrolled on a hospitality uh, business management degree at Sheffield Hallam University um, which again even at the time when I was doing that degree I didn't think that it was going to end up with me being a chef Um, and then I came to London uh, as part of that degree to do a placement so I was supposed to do six months in the kitchen and then six months in the front of the house um, but when I got in the kitchen, I kind of knew that this is where I wanted to be. Uh, and I didn't end up going back to university. I stayed in London. My sous chef, uh, Ronnie, convinced me to stay. So I stayed in London and uh, the kind of rest is history, really. <laughs> and well, let's let's talk a little bit about that history. So where did you do your placement? I think that's an important part. Uh, so the placement was at the Savoy Grill. Fantastic. And, and from there, you moved on to um, Claridge's. Is that correct? Yeah, so the Savoy closed for its refurb uh, in the winter of 2007. Um, so they sort of asked where I wanted to go and I went and did a couple of days trial at Gordon Ramsay at Claridge's. So they moved me over there in January 2008 and I was there for almost well, dead on two years, which was an amazing experience. That's kind of where I learned to do most of my cooking because when I turned up in London, I didn't really know anything at all. They asked me to Bromwell's a bag of shallots on the first day and I just gave him a, <laughs> gave him a blank look. So, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did two years at Claridge's uh, and then I went to work at the Ledbury in Notting Hill, which uh, was a Michelin star restaurant. And yeah, spent five years working there under Brett. Um, it was amazing. I think that's where I really started to grow as a chef, you know, five years as quite a decent amount of time to spend in in one restaurant uh, and then after that I 
to be honest, after five years at the library, I was a bit tired and a bit burnt out. So I actually did a little bit of a step change and went to work for a website called greatbritishchefs.com. So this is a recipe website that has recipes from all of Britain's biggest names in the culinary world. Uh, and I did, I started off there just doing um, recipe editing and sort of technically editing the recipes and making sure that they made sense, you know, transforming them from chef speak into home speak essentially yeah um but with that role I ended up progressing quite a lot and ended up doing quite a lot of my own recipes for the website plus food styling uh, it was really fun actually it was quite nice to sort of see that another side of the industry and, and see something other than being in the kitchen and um you know not the pressures are, are totally different um but after a couple of years of that I got sort of itchy feet again uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just missing the, the kitchen life I think it really is a yeah. way of life being a chef mm. and it's very difficult to sort of just out of it once you've been in it for so long um so I saw at that time that Phil Howard was opening a new restaurant Ellison Street so I um I actually dropped Brett a message and said oh could you put me in touch with Phil um so I took the role as sous chef there um, and helped open that and get that off the ground, which was an amazing experience. Phil Howard is, um, even though I only worked with him for about a year, he's mm. just such an inspirational guy. Like the way he cooks is just wonderful to watch. It's like watching a, you know, an artist paint mm. when you watch Phil cook. He's just fantastic, fantastic guy. Um, and then the head chef job at the Howard Arms became available, and I think. The Harwood had always been a really sort of special place for me, you know, obviously being owned by Brett Graham also. Um, and I also lived on the next street at the time, <laughs> which actually <laughs> which actually sounds really good, but it was actually a bit of a nightmare in the end because every time I left my house, I had to look at work. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't step away. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, so I yeah, so I took the job at the Harwood and I was there for just over four years. Um and yeah, that was my first head chef job. So obviously I'd been a sous chef before, but it's a big change when you go mm. from being a sous chef to a head chef. Absolutely. You don't, the, the funny thing about hospitality is that you don't get any training for it. Essentially, you just all of a sudden you're in charge of a team of 10 or 20 people and everybody's looking at you for the answers. And at the start, you don't have them. So you just have to kind of muddle your way through, really. But it was, you know, it was really, um, really great for me at the Harwood you know we took it from where it was and really raised the profile of it and you know we won uh, the top number one place in the top 50 gastro pub awards which was you know something that was just such a highlight of, of my career because when I started I think we were sort of uh 20 something in the list and I'd said to Brett I want to win that and we did we won it in uh, 2020 unfortunately Three months later, we went into lockdown, or two months later, we went into lockdown. So it was a bit of a bittersweet because <laughs> uh, obviously it was doing the business really well, um, having that accolade. Um, so, yeah, it was at the harbour for about four years, took us all through lockdown, close, reopen, close, reopen. Yeah, the dance. <laughs> yeah. Um, and towards the end of that time, I'd, I'd been starting to think about my next move and what I wanted to do. Uh, and that's when I actually got approached by Hilton about the new concept here at the Conrad London St. James. So I signed the contract with them and we opened the PEM restaurant in July 2021. So we've just been open about 18 months now. 
and it's amazing we've got a really great team and love working here we're getting to do some lovely food and yeah it's all all good great so before we talk a bit more about the PEM and the concept and menus um I do want to ask because we're you know uh talking about uh this on on International Women's Day working at such uh incredible kitchens the Savoy Claridge's with uh at the Ledbury Elliston Street Harwood Arms um if you kind of look back at your career now um what how did you grow in in that role as a chef being um a woman in those kitchen what were your challenges what are you now doing differently with your team that you'll learn from those experiences yeah i mean i think for a lot of my career i'd never really considered myself sort of different for being a woman and obviously different's quite a strong word but actually in those environments if women are very were very few and far between um certainly at the ledbury i was the only woman there for about two years mm. Um, and I think looking back on it now, there, there were certainly times that I was overlooked, I believe, um, in that the guys would get promoted, uh, ahead of me. And I suppose I didn't really consider it at the time, but when I sort of look retrospectively now, that is yeah. certainly has happened on a, on a couple of occasions. Um, and I just think the way you get treated in general, you know, because you are a girl, they assume that you can't lift the pans or this, or and it, it, it is just, is frustrating. Um, and I think, you know, that's just generally the attitude towards men and women in society is, is very, very different. Um, I think it was when I was at the Harvard and I was actually in charge of the recruitment that I started really thinking about you know equality in kitchens um and not just with women but with with everybody you know people yeah. of color and just general diversity is mm. is so so important and i think from then i started to just think about the way that i recruit and that sort of evolved and i think i'm probably one of the most outspoken uh female chefs when it comes to the way i think kitchens should be run and should be operated and how people should be treated uh, and about creating a culture of respect, which is the number one priority for me. Um, and as a result of that, I've now got a, a largely female kitchen team. Um, I think just because people, when they sort of find out about me, well, women, when they find out about me, they tend to want to come to work for me because they know that they're going to get treated in the way that they deserve to be treated. And that actually is a nice segue into the concept of uh, PEM, the PEM, and and um, if you can tell us a bit more about the um, connection to um, Emily Davidson and um, and what uh, what kind of uh, the PEM stands for, and and, and how do then you create the, the food and drink around that? Yeah, exactly. So the PEM is in the Conrad Hotel, which is in Westminster. We're literally smack bang in the heart of British politics, um, mm. for better or worse. <laughs> uh, and we actually have uh, Lady Stella Isaac's blue plaque that hangs above the hotel as well. So she was the first uh, female in the House of Lords. And, you know, there are strong, strong political links, obviously, mm. around here. And uh, Emily Wilding was a prominent suffragette. She actually sadly died while she was trying to pin a votes for women uh, flag to the king's horse at the Derby. Mm. And she, her nickname was Pem. So her, all her letters that she used to sign to her family, she'd sign Pem. Not been able to find out why, but I guess it was just a, a nickname. 
Um, so we wanted to dedicate the restaurant to strong women and we thought that Pem was appropriate and affectionate and rolls very nicely off the tongue as well. So, <laughs> um, so I think, you know, strong women and, and promoting women is basically one of our core values. Obviously, we're not man haters or we don't not employ men you know men are more than it's not one or the other right it's, no, uh, it's definitely it's, not it's definitely yeah. not but at the end of the day they've had the stage for 2000 years so you know it's time to budge over and give us a little absolutely and and you know we don't want it to sort of swing completely the other way we just want equality and, and that's what feminism is it's just equality and people think oh you know you're burning your bras and you're doing all this but actually feminism basically means equality for Men, men and women um so that's sort of the core value of what we do um and like I said yeah my head chef Letitia is female as is my senior sous chef Sarah and then we've got three or four other girls on the team as well uh, which is amazing the front of house was predominantly female it's kind mm. of swung the other way at the moment so we're trying to rectify the situation but I mean the staffing situation in the UK, as I'm sure everybody is aware, is pretty dire. So uh, it's, it's quite tricky out there at the moment. Well, I think it, it very much, um, you know, goes back to what you were saying about creating the culture of respect, right? It's 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 about, uh, you know, not one or the other, but uh, ev- all encompassing. So um, now we talked about the concept. Now let's talk a bit more about the food. Uh, what can uh, what can guests expect at the PEM? What is your sort of food philosophy? Um, how and how are you creating the dishes with the team? So my food philosophy, sorry, food philosophy is keep it simple. Um, I'd rather have, you know, three amazing things on a plate than 12 things that nine of them don't need to be there. So it's, it's modern British. That's the sort of surrounding definition for it. And for me, food is very emotive. And I think it's a lot about nostalgia and memories. Mm. And I, what I try and do is take sort of old English recipes and update them in my sort of modern, elegant, manner um so you'll find things for example like beef and oyster pie was a very traditional british dish in victorian times mm. so we'll do like a lovely roast beef sirloin and then on the side we'll have like a little short cross pie with some very short rib and an oyster on top and an oyster mayonnaise you know so the flavors are there but it's just presented in a more modern sort of up-to-date palatable way because i yeah must agree maybe some of the stuff they ate in victorian times you wouldn't want to eat now. But <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I work very closely with Letitia on, on the menu. She does mm. a lot of the development. Uh, one of the dishes that we've had on the menu since day one and we've taken it through different seasons is uh, we call it knife and fork bacon. Mm. Um, so this is basically Letitia's recipe for home-cured bacon. She's half Danish. That's probably where, ah, okay. <laughs> where it's come from. But um she said it's too good to eat in a sandwich. You have to eat with a knife and fork. So we called it knife and fork bacon and it's on the menu. And again, it's it's very simple. It's four lovely slices of bacon um, that we're, at the minute we're doing with like a marmalade jam and some pickled pearl onions. So the bacon is the star of the show. Uh, and then when it comes to desserts, again, nostalgia is big for me. So I tend to do riffs on, you know, we've we've done everything from apple pie, lemon meringue pie, black forest gatto. So quite retro classics, but uh, updated. And again, it's the flavours that you remember, but maybe in a presentation that you wouldn't. And um, 
One question we always like to ask on on uh, in, in supper because we cover uh, food and beverage within the hotel space and and you having worked in um, a lot of great um, uh, um, restaurants that are also not in hotels and now being back within the hotel environment, how is that um, a different for you? Does it feel different? Uh, is your guest profile a bit different? Uh, any any of anything that you think is either more challenging or 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 um, or stands out more as it uh, on, on, if you were not working for for Uh, for a hotel property yeah I mean of course it's different I mean when I worked at the Savoy and Claridge's I was you know very junior member of staff so I suppose Mm. none of the it never really occurred to me um but obviously stepping back into the hotel space now after such a long time in independent restaurants is very different you know at the Harwood Arms I was HR I was maintenance I was reception I was everything (laughs) you know if anything went wrong they looked at me and you know I've been unplugging the drains at you know, eight o'clock on a Saturday oh, night at the Harwood before. <laughs> Honestly, you wouldn't even believe some of the stuff that I've had to do. But and then obviously, you know, moving into the hotel, um, you've got departments for everything, so it's great. You've got much more support. Um, I mean, I do think things take longer to happen yeah. <laughs> in a in a you know, this is a two hundred and fifty bedroom hotel, um, but the su- the support is there, and mm. you know, there's there's things that you didn't even I wouldn't have even occurred to me, like the buying power you know a, a hotel group as large as Hilton has it is amazing you know the discounts they can get and the retros and I didn't even know what a retro was when I when I started here so I think that that is good in terms of there's a lot of weight behind a company as, as large as Hilton yeah um so I'll obviously use that to my advantage as much as possible uh in terms of the guest yeah I mean uh, the guest profile is is quite different to what it was at the Harwood uh, I I think also because we're in Westminster, it's a completely different kettle of fish than yeah. you know down the side street in the in, in Fulham. So um, we do get quite a lot of the like political crowd in, mm. um, and also we've got a fairly large private dining room, so it seats up to twenty two, which is quite unusual for you know central London. So we get a lot of business use for that, mm. uh, some embassies and that kind of thing probably shouldn't say who but (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no it's it's an interesting in guest profile I think um obviously after Great British Menu aired last year that made a big spike in bookings um from you know the people that watch watch the show um but yeah it's 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 an interesting comparison and now that the the PEM has been open, sort of, you said eighteen months, right? Because you started July yeah. twenty twenty two. What are you developing? What is what is next? Where do you want the PEM to go? Where do you want your team to go? Um, tell me a little bit about your future plans. Well, we're actually just in the process of redesigning the kitchen at the moment, which is going to be amazing. So at the minute, we're actually one big central kitchen for the whole hotel, which I'm sure everyone can imagine comes with its challenges. Mm. Um, so. We're, yeah, we're sectioning that all out at the moment so that the PEM is going to have its own kitchen, the pub is going to have its own kitchen, room service, et cetera, which is really, really exciting. You know, I've never done a, a kitchen redesign before, uh, neither has Letitia. So I think just being able to sort of vision that and then the process of bringing that to life is is super exciting. Um, hopefully that will be complete by September this year. Okay. Um, and I think once that is complete, the world's our oyster really I mean we we have certain limitations on what we can do with the menu etc at the moment because of the way the kitchen is set up so once we get that new kitchen it's going to be amazing because we're going to be able to 
go go crazy <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and and on the ingredient side where you know it's still you know coldish outside but i think we can sense spring is in the air spring is coming and you know that's where uh, i think a lot of excitement happens on the on the ingredient side what what is your favorite thing to cook with that that's coming up is it asparagus there's some really great stuff coming right yeah totally yeah i mean i did think that it was coming last week but then it was like minus one last night so uh, <laughs> i can't exactly. it sort of pokes its head out and then goes no actually not i did see a little couple of walk through st james's park and we saw a couple of little cherry blossoms mm. just poking their heads out yeah i mean obviously i think in any chef's calendar spring has to be the favorite time of the year right like yeah. you just come out of horrible cold winter and you stick in the sight of root vegetables and you couldn't eat another stick of rhubarb if you tried so it's really very exciting <laughs> yeah I think you know the start of the asparagus season is um for any British chef is is something to certainly be celebrated and um we uh, yeah we're just really looking forward to this to the spring the start of the morel season you know all yeah. of these lovely things all coming together I think broad beans and peas are going to be really early this mm. year as well which is exciting we'll get to get them on the menu uh, and then, yeah, looking forward to like the start of the strawberry season as well. And yeah, it's uh, spring and is a very, very exciting time of year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, especially with asparagus, because in 2020, we missed it. 2021, we missed it. And then the restaurant. Yeah, so last year, 2022 was the first time we'd done asparagus in three years. So we're all just like wanting it to be on every single dish. And then you have to sort of rein it in a little bit. Okay, we can only have it on two dishes, Max, because otherwise everyone's going to be like, I don't like asparagus. <laughs> and it's on every dish. <laughs> And, and last question to you, Sally, as we're wrapping up our conversation today, um, as this podcast is, is being broadcast, you're at the same time running a great event um, at, at the PEM on, on uh, International Women's Day. Can you tell us a bit more about it? I, I understand it's the second year and, and are the plans also to continue doing this, this every year and, and what can people expect? Um, yes, so last year we did a panel discussion and a lunch uh, and this year I had the crazy idea of going bigger and better than that. So we've actually got four different talks and workshops happening this year, uh, which is going to be quite busy for us, but very exciting. Um, so we've got four different panels. Um, so we've got like a mental health workshop. We've got uh, a panel talk called How I Got Here with a panel of amazing female chefs. Uh, we've got another one which is going to be based around uh, things that you can do in hospitality, but that don't involve being in service. So it's, mm. we've called it not in service. Um, and then another one we're doing based around building your own brand so we've got someone coming to do like a little instagram workshop uh, and then we've got some other amazing speakers for that and then we've got a lunch and then we're also doing like a female um, marketplace so it's a showcase um of female brands so we've got poker pants coming we've got k how's like pottery coming we've got various things of um they'll be able to purchase stuff on the day but also with you to getting um some of these things into people's restaurants as well so it's just for me it's about inspiring women that's why we've called it inspiring women in hospitality and we want to bring these strong amazing women together you know network show them that there's colleagues and, and friends out there I think a lot of the time we're all so busy with our heads down mm. you know working that we don't yeah. actually have time to do the socializing side of things and I think it's very important to do that so that everybody can sort of share experiences and and Oh, raise each other up essentially absolutely and is that something you're planning to do on a sort of a yearly basis now as as the time goes on because this is the second year right yeah yeah that's the uh that's the plan yeah so we did a small event well it was quite a big event but a smaller event last year and we're doing a much bigger event this year 
Uh, and then, yeah, who knows next year? Maybe it'll be a conference. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows where this grows? So if uh, yeah. if uh, anyone in the audience um, listening on uh, today uh, and you've missed the event, uh, you know, tr- uh, look out for it um, uh, next year because I'm sure, uh, you know, that it's going to be even bigger um, uh, as we go along. So for thank sure. you, Sally, so much. And I hope the event goes really, really well. And uh, looking looking forward to um, coming and trying out some lovely asparagus in a, in a few months time (laughs) (laughs) thanks again so much and good luck with the event thank you so much for having me you've been listening to the supper podcast a series of conversations with culinary leaders drink specialists and hospitality professionals in the world of fmb 